The health of our rivers is a hot topic. Issues such as pollution and who should clean it up continue to cause debate. In this edition of the podcast, we hear from one organisation working to rehabilitate one of the most important catchment areas in the Bay. Welcome to the Morecambe Bay podcast. Hi, so I am Fiona Bruce and I work for Loon Rivers Trust. I work as a woodlands officer, so it's my job to help farmers create woodland um, on their land and the purpose of that is to improve the water quality of the River Loon. And the river where we're talking at the moment, River Loon, you've been here and been involved in your line of work for a little while now. What's the appeal then of the River Loon? Uh, so the River Loon, it's a large catchment that we cover, so it covers all the way up from T-Bay down through, comes out through Lancaster and into Morecambe Bay, so there's a lot of diversity within the catchment. Um, there's lots of different becks that feed into the Loon and there's lots of different projects that we have going on in that catchment as well. And it's a popular river while we're talking. We've got cyclists going past. There's a swimmer in the yeah. river at the moment. <laughs> People walking the dogs, you may be able to hear in the background as well. It's, it's a, a river, I guess, that's in demand and it's, it's under pressure, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, yeah. The quality of rivers across England and the UK in general uh, is not very good. Um, so lots of the rivers trusts are doing a lot of work to try and improve the quality. So, yeah, we're doing that in our own catchment as well, of course. It's like a close look at the river. We walk down towards the, uh, the banks of the river. It's a beautiful morning to be out as well, this is fantastic. So we're just heading down to the um, banks of the River Loon. Uh, We'll take a look in the water. Um, It's quite hard to judge the quality of a river when you don't have all the testing kits. Um, So there are otters in this part of the Loon. And having mammals like otters is usually a good sign because it means there must be fish, um, which they feed on. And when there's fish, that also means that there's things that the fish can feed on. which usually is a good sign of water quality. Uh, However, we do have lots of issues in the loon catchment with things like diffuse pollution from agriculture, sewage pollution as well, and various other um, effluents going into the river. Just tell us a bit about the history then of the, the trust. I know you've been going for a few years, but perhaps not under the name that people know you by now. Uh, yeah, so we were formerly were the Loon Habitat Group. I only joined the Trust about six months ago, so I don't have the deepest knowledge of all the history, but essentially um, the Rivers Trust works in the way that the Rivers Trust is a big umbrella organisation and there's lots of smaller ca- um, catchment-based Rivers Trusts underneath it. So we obviously covered Loon Catchment and we, our neighbours are things like the Ribble Rivers Trust and the Wire Rivers Trust. Um, so Loon Habitat Group changed into Loon Rivers Trust a few years ago and it's always been a relatively small trust so we've only currently got five full-time members of staff and that does limit our impact in some ways because we can't uh, cover such a huge area uh, as effectively as we could if we were larger but we're hoping to expand over the next few years and uh, gain a few more staff to help us on more projects. And here we are, the River Loon. Yeah. So this part of the river uh, takes us next to a floodplain and this means that trees get washed out very quickly when they seed here. So it's quite nice to see some of these self-seeded willows just clinging onto the banks here. They'll help prevent some more soil erosion into the river. And soil erosion into the river is bad because um, it means that the soil gets washed in and that pollutes the river in some ways. Uh, willows have a very um, soft light seed and it gets into the edges of river banks very easily so it likes to colonize bare ground and these banks because they've eroded slightly have exposed soil so they will have just 
the seed found them their way there themselves and we've just started to grow um, and now we've got these are only actually probably a few years old this is a very quick growing tree um, so it's nice to see that there are some new trees in this area because one of the issues we have in the loon catchment is that there's not enough tree along the rivers and becks um, we need the trees for several reasons so one of the reasons is that trees shade the water and that cools the temperature of the water um, and that is a much a better environment for fish. So fish can't survive in warm rivers and with the climate crisis the temperature of rivers is rising. So if you think back to some of the really hot temperatures we had last summer, um, it, those temperatures are very difficult for young fish to survive in. So seeing self-seeded trees like this is really nice because they will help to uh, shade the river and they'll also help to uh, filter out any pollutants from agriculture around here. So we've got some lovely farmland here, there'll be lots of cows and sheep. Um, the only issue sometimes we have with farmland next to river is that when the ground gets poached um, with livestock coming down into the river again that sort of sends um, animal dung and dirt into the river so again these trees will be helping to filter out some of those pollutants coming through the soil so trees are excellent for rivers that's kind of why I've ended up doing my job as a woodlands officer. So you joined what was it six months ago you Yeah said? that's right so I joined in October um, and before that I was working as a forest ranger um, down in Warwickshire and then I did a season in the Cairngorms so it's really lovely being in this part of the world in the Lake District um, and doing this job where I have a kind of tangible influence on the landscape around me helping to hopefully protect nature for the future. It's all about the bay, the Morecambe Bay podcast. So you were saying, describing how uh, trees are very useful for obviously keeping the riverbanks w- mm-hmm. where they should be, which yeah. is as a soil and a, and a, mm-hmm. and a mix. Yeah. And I guess that's the name of your game, isn't it? Is to try and encourage farmers mm-hmm. or work with farmers uh-huh. to try and get more trees planted. So how do you go about it? What difference do they make? Uh, yeah, for sure. So the farmers we work with are super because they quite often get in touch with us and they say, OK, I've got this strip of land next to the river. I'd like to plant it, but I don't necessarily know the best way to plant it. So... Um, I then come along and offer a bit of advice and the main thing I help to do is I help to fill out some of the quite complex grant application forms. So lots of the farmers, they want to do it for the benefit of nature, but it's also helpful because the government has some very nice grants for woodland creation at the moment because there's not enough woodland in the UK. Um, So farmers are in the perfect position to kind of uh, take advantage of those grants, but quite often it's a case of knowing how to access that grant it can be quite complex and even from an initial inquiry from a farmer it can take two years before we actually get any trees in the ground there's so many checks that you have to do before so you've got to make sure natural England knows and make sure that um, you're not going to plant on peatland or peaty soils or make sure you're not going to impact any wading birds and we do get lots of curlew and um, oyster catchers around here because of the kind of lots of moors nearby in the area that we're in so when you plant trees sometimes you've got to be careful that that's not going to create what we call a raptor shadow. It's basically a perch for birds of prey to um, sit on and then watch out for all your nice, cute, fluffy, curly chicks. Um, so lots of my job is making sure that it is actually appropriate to plant trees. We don't want to do any greenwash, lots of tree planting. For the sake of it, it's all targeted towards being on the edges of becks and streams, so improving water quality, but also not taking huge swathes of land out of um, food production and you know disadvantaging farmers that way. And because River Loon rises as it does, you know, way up past Shap, mm-hmm. I think, is it Shap yeah, Fells? It yeah. rises. So your catchment area is huge. So where, uh-huh. how, how do you choose which which place to focus on? Yeah. And also, you mentioned before about taking some time for grants to come through, planting. I mean, obviously, trees take years to to plan to become established. So you know what you're doing now, especially you won't guess won't see the benefits for what five, ten years. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that as well? Yeah. Well, partly it's a case of. Um, 
what money is available and for what region. So sometimes we get grants through like Lancashire Council, um, which means we'll focus on the Lancashire part of the catchment rather than the Cumbria or North Yorkshire part. Um, other times the Forestry Commission will pass um, me on to farmers in different areas. Um, my colleagues are also doing lots of different projects to do with uh, water quality monitoring um, and I think that's more based down in, in the Keir area um, and we're working with lots of farmers in the Keir as well. Then we have another a farm cluster up near Orton and Bay. so it really just depends where the fundings come from, almost what's topical in terms of funding. So a few years ago there were lots of um, funding grants for dealing with uh, non-native invasive species like Himalayan balsam. Mm. Nowadays there's not so much funding to do with that but there's a lot to do with woodland um, and that's kind of how we choose where to focus on. Mm-hmm. And, and when it comes to sort of types of trees as well, species mm-hmm. of trees, I yeah. should say, you know, do do you have a specific kind of list of trees to choose from, or is is it basically what what's in what's here you can basically replicate and just just replant? Yeah, so it's a bit of a mix. So, like you say, we will see if I'm net planting next to a river, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's always good to get species which really can survive well in wet conditions. So things like alder or willow, um, they cope very well in wet conditions. Sometimes it's also to do with the geographical location so we've got some quite rare species of trees Lancashire white beam um, and you find a lot of them over by Arnside Knot area so this autumn I uh, collected some of the berries and we're growing the seeds on in the hope that they'll eventually grow up to be um, Lancashire white beam trees that we can then put in some of our planting projects so when you do a planting project if it's funded through the forestry commission you've got to source trees from certified um, nurseries just to make sure that biosecurity um, is all in place so um, lots of these nurseries have quite a good range of different species so that's kind of how i go about doing it we see what's native to the area what grows well we um, and we kind of see what conditions the land is in and then make a species mix based on that so the white beam one that sounds interesting so you're mm-hmm. actually nurturing those from, from berries and mm-hmm. and how yeah. are they doing you must be like a proud mother how are they how are they, <laughs> well, how are they surviving i mean hopefully they're still alive <laughs> um they're just seeds at the moment so i'm hoping they'll germinate in the next couple of years so fingers crossed on that <laughs> yeah God, it's a long-term job isn't it so yeah. literally years and before you know if it's yeah. been successful mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. yeah so and the aim with those trees that we're growing from seed is to give to farmers and landowners who for whatever reason don't necessarily want to be in a forestry commission grant and maybe they have a a small stretch of riverside and it's either too small to put into a grant or it's uh, or for whatever reason they don't want to have to deal with all the stipulations of being in a grant so we're hoping we can um, provide them with some homegrown trees and help them build tree cages and that will even give a little bit of shade to the river. Mm-hmm. What's your impression? You're somebody who's still quite new to the area. When you uh-huh. look at the River Loon, the whole area, of course, linked to Morecambe Bay, what, what do you make mm-hmm. of it? What, what do you think about it? Yeah, well, it's a beautiful area for sure. There's not many um, trees along it, and that, like I was saying earlier, sometimes gives you a clue that maybe the river is not as healthy as it could be. Um, so I would like to see riparian woodland um, in the Loon catchment. So riparian woodland basically just means woodland planted next to the river. Um, we, we tend to recommend farmers and landowners do a 10 meter buffer strip so 10 meters of woodland next to the river obviously in practice that can be quite hard because 10 meters is a lot of land to take out of your your pasture um, but even just a couple of meters with a few trees will, will help provide the shade so uh, it's definitely a lovely area and obviously we've got lots of nice upland areas as well um, and those upland areas are really crucial in terms of woodland creation because when you plant trees or plant woodland um, upstream that can help mitigate the effects of flooding downstream. So we've got lots of natural flood management projects on the go as well, including one at Lancaster University, 
on the Forest Hills site. Some of you might have played it when it was a golf course. <laughs> um, and our goal with that site really is to, um, again, help shade the river in parts and also try to mitigate some of the flooding happening in Gallgate downstream. Um, the only issue is obviously by the time it's reached Forest Hills, it's already built up quite yeah. a huge section of water. And really for a good natural flood management um, intervention, you've got to be planting all the way up the becks, uh, right up into their sources. Um, but any any wooden creation along a river is better than none. Um, so it's a really interesting project we've got going there. Because this is a floodplain. We're stood on a floodplain at, at the Crookaloon. You know, yeah. obviously further upstream, yeah. as you say, the more effect you can have to slow the, the flow down, I suppose, mm-hmm. the better. And that, I guess that's in your mind all the time, isn't it? That it, it might be up a tributary somewhere, you know, m- miles from here, but mm-hmm. the benefit will be felt downstream at yeah. some stage. For sure, yeah. And rivers are dynamic as well, so they're not supposed to stay in one place. So it's good to have floodplains and it's good to have water coming out onto the floodplain and the only issue we have currently is we've often built villages and towns on those floodplains so that's where the issue comes is it's not actually a problem when you see a small amount of soil erosion happening in a river it's natural to create ecological niches which um you know provide exposed bank for sand martens to nest in but then you get this issue where um without enough trees and with lots of soil compaction through agriculture it just means more and more water is going into the river rather than being absorbed by the landscape and then you get issues with flooding um on these floodplains so i get very angry whenever i see new housing developments being built in floodplains The schools that we work with are local schools. So they're interested in what's happening in their catchment anyway. And um, one of my projects, which is called Health and Environmental Action Lancashire, required me to do health walks. So I did these walks on the theme of tree identification. And all I did really was I posted in various local Facebook groups and I said, would any organisations be interested in, um, in me coming along and telling you a bit about trees? And I had quite a few primary schools get in touch and say, yes, we'd love for our school children to learn about nature and to learn about nature that's relevant to them and right outside their doorsteps. So then I organised some walks just along the Caton Greenway um, and uh, picked about 10 species of tree and took the kids along and we sort of made up actions for them, tried to remember them and then we got to the River Loon and I told them about uh, the Loon and maybe some of the challenges we're facing with pollution and habitat loss. Um, and obviously the kids are super interested in the things which live in the river. They love hearing about the otters and the fish um, and once you tell them how crucial things like trees are for otters you know they create roots in the river which um, they can sort of uh, rest on or fish can also rest in then they get really interested and it's not hard at all to make nature interesting. And tell me you used I think one or two innovative ways of getting kids to remember trees and perhaps identify them using film references and (laughs) even even Harry Potter. Yeah so I would say ah who's seen Harry Potter and every hand would go up and Remember the scene with the flying car and all the kids would go, is this a whomping willow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good way to get to get them learning about nature. <laughs> and it's so important at that age, I guess, to get you know get them to at least think about it and you know, consider it because they are the future, obviously. Aren't they? Yeah, for sure. And we did have some primary schools and secondary schools helping out with our hedge planting and tree planting at the Forest Hills Natural Flood Management Project at Lancaster University as well. So that was good to get them kind of actually, you know, get their hands dirty in the ground. Um, Some of them will never have held a spade before. So it's good to show them how it's done and not just how to plant a tree, but how to plant a tree well so that it will actually survive and grow up and uh, hopefully, um, you know, get through the summer. 
Good to hear. Tell us, some, I mean, obviously we start the conversation talking about the quality of rivers because it's obviously been in the news quite a lot recently, concern about mm-hmm. what's going in the rivers. How is the River Loon? How, how is it doing? What's its, what's its health and its fitness like at the moment? Yeah, so it's quite hard to say in some ways because at, at some points of the river it's okay and other points it's less. It's not good at all, really. Um, and there's lots of factors which go into that. Um, sometimes it's habitat loss, sometimes it's diffuse pollution from agriculture. That makes up about 30% of the pollution in a river. But then there's also things like sewage pollution, um, pollution from roads as well, so water draining off highways. Um, there's all sorts of things, and plastic pollution as well, microplastics, that's kind of a new issue which has popped up quite a lot recently. So it's, yeah, rivers across England um, need to be in a lot better state really. So by doing all these different projects we're doing we're hoping we can have some sort of impact but really we have limited power because we are a small nature charity we really need there to be more legislation and things um, which require rivers to be kept clean because this stuff is it's so important to us it's what we drink you know we're made up of water and yet we we're happy polluting it um, or we're not happy but we're doing it and we need to stop it mm. well it seems hard to imagine see it looking around it looks idyllic where we are today but great to hear from you and, and great work as well good luck with the future what's what plans do you have then for, for the coming year um so at the moment we're finishing off some of our projects so i'll be moving on to a project called lancashire woodland connect so um if you know of any farmers or landowners who are interested in um creating woodland and maybe very steep gills or areas of their farm where they're not um putting livestock or even anybody who has rivers or streams in their back garden in the loon catchment then um, I'd love to hear from you because we are trying to connect um, priority woodland habitat across Lancashire we're trying to um, especially focus on areas next to the river and meanwhile my colleagues are doing all sorts of natural flood management projects and I have one colleague who does uh, electro fishing in the rivers as well so essentially um, she's qualified to um, kind of get more data on the fish so what the electrofishing means is you send out an electric current into the water which temporarily stuns fish and then you're able to survey them and then of course let them go back in and that just gives you a good baseline so at the moment we're also focusing on trying to get good um, baseline ecological data you can't really say that you're improving habitat until you know what's in the river in the first place Fiona Brewis of the Loon Rivers Trust. Thanks very much for downloading this edition of the Morecambe Bay podcast. There are many more, in fact, over 70 for you to enjoy. Please subscribe and tell your friends. This is Nigel Thompson. Thanks for listening to the podcast that's all about the bay. Follow us and get in touch. Search Morecambe Bay podcast on social media.